Greetings, family. Fernando, alcoholic, reading from The Grapevine, August 2021. Article is called, Best Cup Ever. Best Cup Ever. Instead of calming a newcomer's mom's mountain weekend on a retreat, she becomes stressful, anxious. Luckily, she goes to get coffee. It was late June. I had gotten out of a treatment center just 12 days earlier. Acclimating to the real world again was easier than I had expected, but I hadn't gotten back to work yet at that point, so I had yet to navigate the return to the daily grind. I was attempting to do things differently than I had before. I wanted to take each moment each day as a gift. I had just rediscovered In treatment, I was serene and safe for 36 days. Emotional sobriety was something I worked on there, in there, and I was striving each day to maintain that, as well as my spirituality. After I got out, my husband and two daughters made a plan to drive the four hours to Colorado for the weekend to gain some respite from the stress of the city. We left Texas late Friday night after an AA meeting at my treatment center, which I was determined not to miss. And it was serving as a good extension of the message and fellowship I had been part of. We arrived at our destination, a sleepy town in Colorado, at around 3 a.m. Sleep came easily and quickly, but I woke up with a foreboding, foreboding feeling In this town, I had mostly memories of life lived with copious amounts of liquor and all-day consumption. These memories made me restless. I remember the recent instruction given to me not to let morning meditation slip, even for a moment. So I did my best, moving from spot to spot outside on the deck looking for a place to sit, I was unable to find a place where I could focus on the wondrous natural landscape all around me that my higher power has so beautifully crafted. I was upset with myself as I experienced a disappointment of expectations that I would instantly and perpetually feel at peace here, despite the past, but I pushed through it. I meditated and read as best as I could. This moment was still better than any day in an alcoholic stupor, so I remained happy nonetheless. Needing coffee, my husband and youngest daughter Grace and I jumped in the truck and headed toward a neighboring town, which was the location of the only coffee shop about 20 minutes away in La Vida, Colorado. We drove past a beautiful home with a wraparound deck, and all of a sudden, I felt a trigger of craving. Asking God to remove this from me, I knew that it will pass in about 15 minutes. Looking out the open window, I observed the beauty around me and was determined to make this new experience of sober life override my old drinking memories. We walked into the quaint coffee shop which was peppered outside with American flags blowing in the breeze and hummingbirds flitting to and fro. The wooden deck creaked as we stepped up and the bell on the door rang as we walked inside. Locals sat chatting over cappuccino and homemade peanut butter cookies. 
The man behind the counter, who I would later know as Greg, welcomed us with a warm smile. Before I even ordered and surprising even myself, I asked, I have an odd question. Do you know if there are any AA meetings in this town? The man replied that there were no meetings there, but during the week some neighbors town neighboring towns held a couple that could be found on the internet. He casually stated that he was a friend of Bill and my stomach did a somersault. Me too, I said with a smile. I'm here for a couple of days and would like to find a meeting. We ordered our coffee and Greg offered to visit with me that weekend if I needed to talk with someone. I asked him if he was available right now. With no hesitation, he took his apron off, laid it on the counter, and asked about my seating preferences. My husband patted my shoulders, smiled lovingly at me, and said he and Grace were going to take a walk around town and would be back later. Greg and I sat down, and he proceeded to tell me he was sober for 33 years. His eyes were kind, and his body language was casual and comforting. We sat on overstuffed leather couch next to a large window looking outward the parking lot as the Beatles sang Let It Be in the background. Here was a man who dropped everything to help me. Our conversation flowed naturally as he asked about my experience in treatment, my sponsor, and my step work. He guided me through the moment of anxiety I was having that morning with the gracious care of an old friend or a father figure. He told me a small portion of his story and he shared his experience, strength, and hope. We marveled at the work of God in that moment, bringing two strangers together unexpectedly for fellowship. Both of us expressed gratitude for the serendipity of the moment. I left the coffee shop that morning recharged and grateful. On the drive home, I was able to hold on to the feelings of a grateful spiritual condition of how two of God's children were able to find comfort in each other so readily. Between us, we had 33 years and 48 days of sober living. He shared his sobriety with me that day in the slow-paced mountain town, and I renewed his spirit for the importance of passing on some hope. The fellowship of AA is truly a phenomenon. Aaron M. from Amarillo, Texas. Greetings, family. Reading from the Grapevine, 2021 of August. It's about love. It's called the article. It's been sent to us by Marilyn Old from San Rafael, California. I'm Fernando. I'm alcoholic. I have trouble with alcoholism and Fernando. <laughs> Although there's a pandemic and she's dealing with serious issues, she's sober, useful, and drinking in the kindness. I had no idea that after 36 years in AA, this is where I would be, sober more than half my life and surrounded by so much love. God has graced me with more than I ever dreamed. They said, never leave the basics. You won't have to return to them. So true. Meetings, service, sponsoring, knowing what step I'm on, all that brought me to March 2020, 
Then the pandemic hit, and the fellowship went into action. In less than a week, everyone was on a virtual AA meetings. It was amazing. A crazy band of sober antichrists with no one in charge or organically knew exactly what to do. It's been so nice attending meetings with my two-year-old puppy next to me. It was also cool seeing people from all around the world. I had recently retired and was enjoying gardening, playing music, and living my AA life. Once COVID hit, of course, contact with other people was crazy limited. Luckily, my daily meditations and meetings kept me on track. I knew the drill. Don't leave the basics, and you don't have to return to them. Around this time, I started to notice some old physical symptoms, things I couldn't explain. So the doctor and I started to explore what it might be. That, that May, I got the word that it was advanced cancer. I called my sponsor right away and immediately went to a meeting. Soon treatments began, and I attended AA meetings throughout. For about eight weeks, I had to lie down. I could not sit up in my meetings, but no one really cared. They were so supportive. Soon food started coming to my door. Members would pick up my puppy from the backyard and take him for walks. My southern friends made me delicious pies. Everyone was amazing. I kept thinking that all my years of action, love, and service had a dividend. Who would have thought nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistakes? During my fourth week of treatment, when the pain was getting bad, I got a text that said, A friend has a cousin in your county who wants to get sober. Can you help? Well, of course, I replied. Soon the text started flying, and I ended up on the phone with this fabulous young lady, and we talked sobriety. It was wonderful. I needed her as much as she needed me. In fact, we started talking a lot. I plugged her into our virtual meetings, and she was off to the races, all in. One of the big surprises to me is that introverts seem to like these virtual meetings. I suggested my friends start trying to meet as many women as she could to find a sponsor, uncertain about how long I have to live. I figured it would be fair to sponsor her, so she did. Over time, I joined her in women's meetings, mixed ones too, and we had a lot of great conversations with her about sobriety and reading the big book. What a joy and a privilege. She now has six months sober, and she's working her steps and helping out where she can. She's a rock star and a friend. God brought this angel just in time. Once again, I realize it's all about the love. How long will I last? No idea. All I know is AA taught me that all I have is right here, right now. Thank you, AA, for God and for the most amazing group of people in the world teaching me about love every day. Marilyn O. from San Rafael, California. Uh, Greetings. My name is Patrick and I'm an alcoholic in recovery. Today I'll be reading from the AA Grapevine from August of 2021. Today's episode is titled, Locked Down, Plugged In. 
A longtime AA member and musician tunes in to stay focused and useful as the COVID-19 pandemic dims the lights on the performing world. I am a lifelong musician and I've had a performing and teaching career for 47 years. Since all my heroes were junkies and alcoholics, I mistakenly thought that in order to join the successful musicians club, I would have to follow suit. I damn near drank and drugged myself to death over the course of 15 years. It never occurred to me that I was damaging myself physically, spiritually, and emotionally, as well as hurting the people around me and severely limiting my musical ability. I was a daily user and abuser. Alcohol became my main priority. Thankfully, several of my drinking buddies made the decision to avail themselves of AA all around the same time in 1981 in New York City. Eventually, I joined them in the rooms, primarily due to my back being against the wall. I had left many of the tools of my trade, my instruments in pawn shops, and spent most of our money. My wife issued an ultimatum. I could get help or get out. I spent a few years trying to do things my way before I surrendered and availed myself completely of a higher power, along with working the steps, going to meetings regularly, and helping others to stay sober. This is very much what I do in AA to this day. When traveling to play music, I've always made it a point of hitting meetings wherever I am. I also have a posse of guys I remain in contact with on a regular basis via email, video chat, and cell phone. I have several sponsees. I make sure to have literature with me at all times and I read and pray daily. If I keep the program front and center in my daily life, everything seems to work out. AA members have shown me that I can go through anything without picking up a drink and come out the other end a better person for it. The COVID-19 pandemic this past year has caused havoc in the working lives of many folks in the performing arts. I have not played in person with other musicians for many months now. The bulk of my work as a performing musician was put on hold. I'm grateful that the program has taught me to deal with what's in front of me a day at a time. I work to accept the things I cannot change. As a result of becoming a financially more responsible over time and learning how to make the most of my situation, I've been able to enjoy the past year looking at the inability to work as something my higher power has put in front of me. The structure of AA has helped me to stay positive, active, and inquisitive. That way I move forward without succumbing to stinking thinking. Today I'm, in, I'm enjoying staying home for the first time in over 40 years. I cook read, learn, exercise, and try to stay spiritually connected. I'm having a good time hanging with my wife and my AA friends, working on my music, going online to meetings, all over the world and staying plugged into the program. I've been blessed to be sober since 1984. I've had the same sponsor since I came to AA. On his recommendation, I'm sharing my experience, strength, and hope with the intention of inspiring some of you to hang in there and keep coming back. I truly owe everything to AA. I will keep showing up, making music, and do what I can to help others. Sobriety is the gift of life. And that was from Bob M. in Los Angeles, California. Big name? Yeah, who does that sound like? Uh, that, that's Elton John, for one. Sound like a Elton John because description. Because he, he said... Uh, during the pandemic, those Zoom meetings 
um, saved his life. Really? He's in the recovery? Well, John? Yeah, yeah. Many, many years. Whoa. Uh, I didn't break his anonymity, folks. He says it publicly. And Right, right. And so that's, uh, that's awesome. I, I think uh, Eric Clapton's another one. He has a foundation, and he's known to auction off his guitars, and all the proceeds go to his uh, rehab or recovery home or whatever he's running. So uh, yeah, Eric Clapton. You can hear his story on uh, <coughs> on the internet. Let's put it, you know, recovery Eric yeah. Clapton. Huh? Who 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 else? Uh, anybody from the Doors? In the guy from the Doors gets sober? I don't remember. Oh, he's been sober now for years, but he's also been dead, too. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes that's how you get sobriety. <laughs> or clean time. But uh, I don't know about the surviving members. I'm sure they've had their issues, maybe. Don't know, can't speak for them. Uh, I don't know if anyone, any one of them... There, there was a guy named Tom Tomlin um, in the Christian arena that was very successful in, in, in songs and so forth. And... Uh, I think he, he died in a car accident, but I think they were drinking. Oh. You know, the the story was, you know. Speaking of that, uh, a member of a group called Smash Mouth, they have a famous song called All Star. He died today of liver failure at the age of 56. I read something about him last night saying he's at home in hospice, realizing he drank himself into that position throughout his whole life. So, yeah, uh, cirrhosis and liver failure. So, uh, 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 I guess a big name in those uh, music circles passed away today at a young age. Wow. Yeah. You know, alcohol had been so successful in propelling a nation, propelling uh, musicians and so forth to, to get, the, uh, get the power and the strength to do to perform. But the backlash, you know, the, uh, mm. the liver. Take a look at, I know this guy was not an alcoholic, but Steve Jobs, yeah. he got his, his Red Bull, you know, mm -hmm. burned up his uh, pancreas. pancreas, you know, from, from mm -hmm. working and working and working successfully. Such a young age, about 58. Well, here's a big name, and everyone knows this. Uh, Beethoven died of uh, liver failure. Really? And they say he could have written some of his greatest compositions while... Under the influence. <laughs> Considering the guy was deaf, he also sawed off the legs of his piano so he could hear the vibrations at each key. He pressed each key on the piano and just wrote it down note by note. Wow. But they say in his case he loved wine and there's something in the winemaking process that could have contaminated the wine people were drinking in the day, like lead poisoning. Oh. So, well, yeah, he liked to catch a buzz from time to time. <laughs> I'll sure listen up on him, Beethoven, folks. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. We got a couple of more uh, great mind stories. Here, let's just keep going. I have one for you here. Uh, 2021, August issue of Grapevine. Our next story is called Best Insurance Ever. Working with a prisoner in a serious COVID lockdown delivered both of them tickets to some sanity and peace. This story is by M.G. from Montclair, New Jersey. It says, A couple of years ago, I, I hit a real rough patch in my sobriety. I had moved across the country, and a lot of things were going on my, 
weren't going my way. Work was tough. The way people did business here was different. The way people talked was different. Even the AA meetings were different. I began to feel that anxious apartness written about in our 12 and 12. Fortunately, I've been through difficult patches before in sobriety. I knew what to do. It was time to enlarge my spiritual life. And that didn't just mean more prayer and meditation. It meant action. Soon I got a new sponsor. I also started raising my hand in meetings to say I was new. Even though needing to share was, of course, beneath my dignity. I got back into the core of AA literature that helped me in the beginning, and I resubscribed to Grapevine. In the first Grapevine that came, there was a request for AAs to correspond with sober members in prison. So I wrote GSO, and they matched me up with an incarcerated alcoholic named R.H. Ironically, he was in prison back in my former home state. As he wrote me his story, I could see and smell those very streets because they were so familiar. Unfortunately, right after we began our correspondence, the COVID-19 virus hit and the whole country went on lockdown. So for the rest of the year, R.H. and I walked through the big book and the pandemic together. For me, the pandemic meant working from home, online meetings, dealing with the nerve nine tension of having a family of five all sheltering in, in place. But my sponsee on the inside has dealt with some quite serious ramifications. Imagine social distancing when you're bunk in a cell with five other guys. After catching COVID, he was placed in isolation in a room with no windows or freedom to see others, and his walks in the yard were curtailed. His parole came up, but thanks to COVID, his hearing that he had worked so hard for was postponed. Yet, through it all, he's been able to survive and stay sober and positive. The entire time, we have kept up our correspondence, and he has continued to work through the book diligently. His ability to accept the things that can't be changed is truly inspiring to me. When I consider his situation, my minor loss of freedoms become more inconveniences. I'm so very grateful for the adaptability, resilience, and ingenuity of fellow AAs to keep our fellowship working with these great online tools. Along with a new pair of glasses, I've been given a set of wings this year. I've been able to travel to meetings all over the country and in Ireland and Australia. This past year, I learned what true freedom is. To not be controlled by outside circumstances, but to take life as it comes and move forward with level-headed consideration, courage, and dignity. Recovery is truly an inside job, and by continuing to show up for ourselves and each other, we can build that archway through which we will walk free at last. With gratitude to AA and my sponsee, RH, MG from Montclair, New Jersey. Greetings, family. Reading from the Grapevine, 2021 of August. It's about love. It's called the article. It's been sent to us by... Marilyn Old from San Rafael, California. 
I'm Fernando. I'm alcoholic. I have trouble with alcoholism and Fernando. <laughs> Although there's a pandemic and she's dealing with serious issues, she's sober, useful, and drinking in the kindness. I had no idea that after 36 years in AA, this is where I would be, sober more than half my life and surrounded by so much love. God has graced me with more than I ever dreamed. They said, never leave the basics. You won't have to return to them. So true. Meetings, service, sponsoring. Knowing what step I'm on. All that brought me to March 2020. Then the pandemic hit and the fellowship went into action. In less than a week, everyone was in a virtual AA meetings. It was amazing. A crazy band of sober antichrists with no one in charge or organically knew exactly what to do. It's been so nice attending meetings with my two-year-old puppy next to me. It was also cool seeing people from all around the world. I had recently retired and was enjoying gardening, playing music, and living my AA life. Once COVID hit, of course, contact with other people was crazy limited. Luckily, my daily meditations and meetings kept me on track. I knew the drill. Don't leave the basics, and you don't have to return to them. Around this time, I started to notice some old physical symptoms, things I couldn't explain. So the doctor and I started to explore what it might be. That, that May, I got the word that it was advanced cancer. I called my sponsor right away and immediately went to a meeting. Soon treatments began and I attended AA meetings throughout. For about eight weeks, I had to lie down. I could not sit up in my meetings, but no one really cared. They were so supportive. Soon food started coming to my door. Members would pick up my puppy from the backyard and take him for walks. My southern friends made me delicious pies. Everyone was amazing. I kept thinking that all my years of action, love, and service had a dividend. Who would have thought nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistakes? During my fourth week of treatment, when the pain was getting bad, I got a text that said, A friend has a cousin in your county who wants to get sober. Can you help? Well, of course, I replied. Soon the text started flying, and I ended up on the phone with this fabulous young lady, and we talked sobriety. It was wonderful. I needed her as much as she needed me. In fact, we started talking a lot. I plugged her into our virtual meetings and she was off to the races, all in. One of the big surprises to me is that introverts seem to like these virtual meetings. I suggested my friend start trying to meet as many women as she could to find a sponsor, uncertain about how long I have to live. I figured it would be fair to sponsor her, so she did. Over time, I joined her in women's meetings, mixed ones too, and we had a lot of great conversations with her about sobriety and reading the big book. What a joy and a privilege. She now has six months sober 
and she's working her steps and helping out where she can. She's a rock star and a friend. God brought this angel just in time. Once again, I realize it's all about the love. How long will I last? No idea. All I know is AA taught me that all I have is right here, right now. Thank you, AA, for God and for the most amazing group of people in the world teaching me about love every day. Marilyn O. from San Rafael, California. Good afternoon and happy Labor Day, folks. Uh, my name is Patrick and I'm an alcoholic in recovery. Today I'll be reading from the AA Grapevine from August of 2021. And today's story is titled, At Peace with the World. Just when he needed to dive back into the program and help someone, he met an old boxer named Jake. I was coming out of a period of half measures in my sobriety I had gotten a new sponsor and I was getting back to the things that had worked for me when I was in my first few years of AA. I began to regularly attend meetings and stay in touch with my sponsor and other friends in the program. That's when I met Jake. He asked me if I could help him with his fourth step. I agreed that we could work on his fourth step together after we worked the first three steps. Jake was 78 years old when I started working with him. He had been in and out of the clubhouse longer than I had been alive, but he had never worked the steps. He had a few months sober when we started. I must have prayed for patience sometime right before this because everything went slowly. Jake had been a boxer when he was a young man. Maybe he was suffering from some problems due to injuries, or maybe it was just his age. Maybe it was a lifetime of drinking. He moved slowly, he talked slowly, and going through the big book with him was painstaking work for sure. Week in and week out, I visited him in the nursing home where he lived. Sometimes we met in the chapel there. Other times we met in his room when he didn't have a roommate. The nurses said he had dementia. Sometimes he would talk about things that were disconnected from reality. When we read out of the big book, I would finish a paragraph and ask, did you get that? Jake would answer, no. Then I would go back and read that part again. Eventually, we made it to the fourth step. We went over how to do the step, and I walked him through how to write out the columns. When I came back a week later, he said he couldn't do it without my help. So I asked him the question, and he answered, okay. Okay, write that down. I'd say that was how it went very slowly. When it came time to do his fifth step, we planned out the day we were going to do it. The staff allowed us to use a little activity room next to the cafeteria. We started right after lunch. At around noon, even though we both knew everything that was in there, we still did the step like I had learned to do it. We read all of it, and I shared about my fifth step every time my defects matched his. We took a dinner break around 5 o'clock, then pressed on. By the time we finally finished, it was around 10 o'clock. We had been going for over nine hours. Then a miraculous thing happened. The man who came out of that little room with me was a totally different person. Everything that had been causing him to move and walk and talk slowly had been somehow magically lifted off him. He dragged me around the nursing home by the arm excitedly. 
found one of his friends and he introduced me and told me stories about how this man had also been a boxer and about a fight he had won back when he was a teenager. What an experience as I left the place and stepped out into the night. I felt like I was walking 10 feet off the ground. To truly feel and believe that my higher power could take all that nasty and ugly stuff I had done in my drinking years and to allow me to be a part in transforming someone else's life is such a profound way was incredible. The words, that feeling of uselessness will disappear, took on newer and deeper meaning for me. Sometimes we get to see a spiritual awakening happen in a sudden burst. Still, I believe this happens for each of us who put the time, effort, and sweat into working the program as we learn to build a partnership with a higher power. Like they told me when I was new, if you're still wondering if this works, watch the members next to you. The end, and that was from Jason B. in Denver, Colorado.